Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Nicholas Mancini, currently the pastor of Sacred Heart of Mary Parish in Louisville, and he's the spiritual director for us here at Living Bread Radio. Welcome, Father. Thank you, Tim. It's great to see you again. Good to be with you. We're going to continue our discussion on what we believe as Catholics, and we've been talking about Adam and Eve and original sin. So what was God's rescue plan after the fall of Adam and Eve? Well, God does not just look on as man gradually destroys himself and the world around him through the chain of reaction of sin. He sends us Jesus Christ, the Savior and Redeemer, who snatches from us the power of sin. No one can help me. This maxim of human experience is no longer accurate. Whenever man may have strayed by his sins. God the Father has sent his Son there. The consequence of sin is death. Another consequence of sin, however, is the marvelous solidarity of God, who sends us Jesus as our friend and Savior. Therefore, original sin is also called the flex culpa, happy fault, O happy fault, which gained for us so great a Redeemer. That's from the Easter uh, Vigil Liturgy. Oh, happy fall from the exalted. Because oh, of Adam and Eve's sin, exactly. we got Jesus. Right. Which was quite a reward for, for us messing up. Yes. Yes, it is. You know, I think the other um, side of that coin is true, too. Besides no one can help me, I think the world is conditioning us to think that I can help myself, I can do it all myself, and therefore, I don't need God, and that's why a lot of us don't go to church on Sunday. Why would I need to go to church? My job's going well. i got a nice family. My health is good. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. What do I need God for? And when you say it's true that a lot of times when there's an unexpected death in a family, in a funeral, that a lot of times that's a wake-up call for some of us to say, you know what? I do need God. Yes. I do need him. And again, yes. that brings us back to the reality of, you know, what have I been thinking all this time? How have mm-hmm. I been living my life? So I think sin does that. Satan does that when he's trying to steal our souls. He he tricks us into thinking that we don't need God, just like he did with Adam and Eve. Exactly. You don't need God. You can do it on your own. Just go ahead and have a bite of the apple. Mm-hmm. No problem. So we talk about the good news. What is the good news? Well, the good news is the gospel. You know, without the gospels... We would not know that God sends his son to us men out of his infinite love so that despite our sins, we might find our way back to eternal fellowship with God. The reports about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus are the best news in the world. They testify that the Jew who was born in Bethlehem, Jesus of Nazareth, is son of the living God. We see this in Matthew sixteen sixteen. made man. He was sent by the Father so that all men, 
might be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Wow. You know, a lot of the people listening to this show right now, Father, do believe that Jesus Christ is the Redeemer of the world. But I like to ask the question, do you really believe it? Because if you're living your life like you really believe that Jesus is the the Lord and the Savior of the world, we shouldn't be able to take a smile off our face. We have to keep smiling, and we have to really share it with other people, don't we? Yes, we do. I mean, that's the nature of love, and that's the nature of Jesus Christ. If you really know him, not just know about him, but really know him and have experienced him, we, we have to want to share that good news with everybody that we meet. We can't keep, you know, like me, I can't keep my mouth shut. I can't keep <laughs> quiet. So what does the name Jesus mean, Father? Jesus means in Hebrew, God saves. In the Acts of the Apostles, Peter says, There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. This is found in Acts 4.12. This is essentially the message that all missionaries brought to people. You know, so when we hear that name, Jesus, it means God saves. You know, one of the you know I like to say little prayers throughout the day to keep me focused and to and to put God first. You know, you talked earlier about the first commandment: "I am the Lord your God; you shall have no false gods before me." In order to put God first, for me personally, I have to get in the habit of of praying throughout the day and keeping focus on the fact that God is God and I'm not God. You know, that's Father Joe says that's the definition of humility, realizing that God is who he is. God is God, and I'm not God. So by having that little prayer and saying the name of Jesus throughout the day, I like to say, I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all the blessings, graces, and gifts you've given me. Saying that name of Jesus over and over, there's something about it that I think it makes heaven Rejoice Mm -hmm. at hearing the name of Jesus. So by saying that name and not saying it in vain, like the second commandment forbids us to say his name in vain, we need to say it with a smile on on our face and say the name of Jesus with love and in a way that we can share that love and that joy with other people. Yes. Yes, indeed. Okay, so... Why is Jesus called the Christ? Christ isn't Jesus' last name. It's, it's like a surname, isn't it, Father? Right. The brief formula, Jesus is the Christ, expresses the core of the Christian faith. Jesus, the simple carpenter's son from Nazareth, is the long-awaited Messiah and Savior. Both the Greek word Christos and the Hebrew word Messiah mean the anointed one. In Israel, kings, priests, and prophets were anointed. The apostles learned that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. We are called Christians after Christ as an expression of our exalted vocation. And once again, and we see this uh, throughout the Acts of the Apostles, especially in Acts 10, 38. You know, we are called Christos, Christ-bearers, the name given to us, Christians, Christ-bearer. So we proclaim the name of the Lord in what we believe in him, through him, and how we love him. 
You know, there's a quote in the Youth Catechism from a uh, French novelist, Francois Marriac. He says, people do not criticize Christ. They criticize Christians because they do not resemble him. And, and I'm guilty of that. And, and that's one of the paradoxes, I think, of being a Christian. In spite of our imperfections and our shortcomings, we still strive to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And we all are sinners in need of his grace, and we're all going to fall short of the glory of God. But in spite of that, I think Mother Teresa said it somehow, even if you love imperfectly, love anyhow. And even if we follow Christ imperfectly, strive to follow Christ anyhow. And, And again, we get criticized because even my son says, well, you know, you yell and you do this and you do that, but yet you go to Mass every day. So my own son, who is trying to grasp the reality of who God is and if he exists, he looks at me, and when he sees my shortcomings, because he's around me all the time, and and again, I've, I've, I've got a temper that I'm working on, I'm impatient, I've got shortcomings. When he points those out, he says, but yet you go to Mass every day. And I says, Vince, that's why I go to Mass. I go to Mass every day, not because I'm holy, but because I'm not holy. Mm-hmm. And again, so as Christians, as we follow Christ and we say that name and we we get immersed in the Word of God and we go to Mass and we partake of the sacraments, the fact is that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. And that's how we're healed, is by saying his name, by studying his Word, by listening to his teachings, which are the teachings of the church. But again, people look at us and they're going to judge, oh, so that person's a Catholic or that person's a Christian. So we have to really guard what we say and how we act because people are watching and they're listening. And again, even though we love our Lord, sometimes we do things or say things that aren't showing that and reflecting that. That's true. Here's another uh, quote from Blaise Pascal. Knowledge about God without an awareness of our misery produces vanity. Knowledge of our misery without an awareness of God, produces despair. Knowledge of Jesus Christ provides the middle ground because in him we find both God and our misery. So again, because God became man, he knows what we're going through. He knows what our struggles are. He knows what our weaknesses are. But because Christ became man and he was fully God and he's fully man in every way except sin, God can relate to the struggles that we have so that when we pray to him and we ask for help, he knows exactly what we're talking about. Beautifully said. And I think, too, you know, we got to um, look here, you know, what does it mean to say that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God? Uh, You brought this out somewhat there beautifully. Uh, When we say that Jesus calls himself God's only begotten Son, and Peter and the others bear witness to this, the expression means that all of human beings, only Jesus is more than a man and has a unique relationship to God his Father. In many passages of the New Testament, Jesus is called Son. Uh, At his baptism, the transfiguration, this is my beloved Son. All of this, the relationship is so important here that I think the fact that Jesus really is God's Son comes to light at the resurrection. 
And that's what we're going to understand when we too see Him as He is. The beauty of that relationship between the Son of God and the Heavenly Father. And the beauty and the magnificence radiated through the power of the, uh, the Trinity. Um, and Jesus, who is Lord, we call Him Teacher and Lord uh, because He is that glory of God. And the fact that Jesus really is God's Son, uh, he lets us know that no one can know the Father except through me. Right. Okay, well said, Father. You've been listening to Father Nicholas Mancini as we go through the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church about what we believe as Catholics. We have hundreds of past Faith with Father shows archived, and we are now podcasting all of the new shows. You can subscribe right on our website, livingbreadradio.com, go to the Programming tab, and click on Faith with Father. And if you need a certain subject of a show, right on the home page in the upper right-hand side is a search box. Just type in the subject that you're looking for, and all the shows will be listed right there on the page. It's an easy way to find any subject that we've covered here on Faith with Father. Until next time, this has been your host, Tim Perry, reminding you, that God loves you more than you even can imagine. He, he just wants us to love him back. So now would be a great time to go to confession if you haven't been for a while, or to go to Mass if you haven't been to Mass for a while. Until next time, God bless you. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.